So up next on the You Ain't Heard Nothing Yet podcast, we have yet another immensely talented individual. From Clontarf comes a multi-instrumentalist, singer-songwriter, and BIM graduate. She has been tipped for greatness by radio stations and magazines alike, and I can see why, with several singles under her belt and gigging right across Ireland. This artist is going from strength to strength. SJ Talbot, how are you? Hello, thanks a mil for having me on. I'm great, thanks. I suppose we'll just jump straight in. Tell the people who you are, what's your story, where you're from, what are you all about? Yeah, so um, I am a artist, music artist from Dublin. Um, I grew up in Clontarf, which is the north side of Dublin. And yeah, I've been a musician my whole life, uh, pretty much. I started playing instruments from the age of like five. So I was one of those kind of annoying kids growing up in stage school and things like that. And it's just always been my number one thing. So I've been playing a couple of different instruments from childhood. I played mm. piano, guitar, but I loved like singing mostly. Wasn't ever great at dancing. Tried my hand <laughs> at a few different types of dance. It just wasn't my thing. So, uh, which is ironic because now I kind of release like dance music and stuff. I'm just not the dancer. I'm just the writer <laughs> and the singer. But yeah, so I've kind of come from uh, learning different instruments and singing and working on um different instruments to uh working as a songwriter um and i went to bim in dublin uh, in 2016 graduated in 2020 and then decided to uh, release some solo uh work so i have uh three singles now released on spotify and um yeah now at the moment i'm just working on uh gigging trying to promote myself you know um so yeah that's where i'm at now Fair play. You know, funny, we've actually had a few BIM um, graduates on the show, but I want to ask you, you know, you say it sort of it, it began as a young age. When did you know you could sing? Was it singing into a hairbrush? Was it a teacher told you? You know, were you just a child running about the, the front room singing? Well, I think my parents always kind of knew, like, that I could always hear that I had, like, good maybe tonality in my voice from a young age. Like, yeah, probably being really annoying running around the house and things like that. But uh, <laughs> it was... Not until my mum's friend um pointed out to her like I was in the buggy and they were both taking me on a walk one day and I was singing Downtown, you know that song? Downtown. Downtown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was singing that. I was obsessed with that song for some reason when I was tune. younger. I was like, Still a tune? Yeah, it was my karaoke go-to. And uh, I was, I don't know how old I was, maybe four, I don't know, younger, maybe three or four, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But um, uh my mom's friend was like you know she can really like hold a tune like you should get her into like stage school and mom was like yeah like I've always thought of it but I, w- I like I never really knew where to kind of go and mm. um then my mom's friend recommended um the Billy Barry stage school um which I owe a lot to uh so <laughs> then I then I went and I did stage school from when I was about five or six I think and yeah so that was really how it kind of kicked off um from her so <laughs> Can you remember your first ever performance on stage? Um, my first performance, I think it was with the stage school. We mm-hmm. did we did a couple of gigs in the Gaiety Theatre and oh. these were like themed. Yeah, so yeah. the theme for my first ever performance was uh, like Under the Sea, like The Little Mermaid. <laughs> so, <laughs> Under yeah. the Sea. On... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's literally what we were dancing to. And uh, I had this like amazing mermaid costume, hairband, and it was yeah, it was like I felt like a superstar. Yeah. I was literally like seven, like standing outside the Gaiety Theatre with this little tail behind me, like <laughs> shuffling in. I was so excited, and it was so nerve wracking, like performing on like the Gaiety stage mm. at that young. Like it felt like a dream, like it didn't even feel real. Like looking back, and I still remember like 
get like you know um whoever was like working side stage like pushing everyone out and like it's so nerve-wracking like shuffling on the stage and doing a little <laughs> dance and singing like it's so it's so surreal but uh yeah, yeah that was my first yeah my first performance i can remember yeah <laughs> and in terms of musically like who do you draw inspiration from who influences you you know was it older music is it current stuff is it a mix of both um it's definitely a mix of both uh so i grew up listening to a lot of like soul music mm. um like i love amy winehouse i love nina simone yes um, i like, love nina yes i just love like the depth in her voice and like even the messages behind her music is just so amazing mm. um and yes even for my leaving search i I performed like an Amy Winehouse song and a Nina Simone song. Like that was my, when I was a teenager. I was really, really into like Motown and soul music as well. Um, so what, that were really the songs, inspired. If you don't mind me asking, um, can you remember? Um, yeah. So the Amy Winehouse song was "Tears Dry in Their Own," which course, I love. Beautiful. And then Nina Simone was "I Wish I Knew How It Feels to Be Free." Oh, I mean, yeah. a classic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, classic. Yeah. 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 Oh, it was just yeah it was it was a great time though no, i love i love singing like ballads so kind of ballads and things like that um so yeah so that i was really into that kind of music then when i was like a teenager um which definitely influences my songwriting as well because i think i kind of write more pop music but i have those kind of soul influences and i think that mm. comes from just being like like uh like getting a uh, vocal coaching myself and just like my own interests but I also love like um like indie kind of rock. I love like Arctic Monkeys. Um, I love like Tame Impala. I love a kind of pop music as well. Um, I love um like Sia. I love Adele. Um, like I just love like big voices really. Yeah. And whether that's like more pop or more soul, it kind of doesn't. I think the voice is what like attracts me to songs um the most. Um, so I just love the art of like singing and I'm obsessed with it. But uh, yeah, so I think it's like a mix of like pop music and soul and kind of Motown. And am I right in saying that uh, Envy was your, your debut single? Yeah, that was my debut. God, that was, I think I was like, that was 2020, I think, or maybe like two years ago I released that song now, which is wild. And yeah, I think it just passed its second birthday there the other day. But um, yeah, I know it's, it doesn't feel real that I actually release music sometimes I'm like oh my gosh um but yeah that was my debut single I recorded that in London in February 2020 so it was like two weeks before lockdown everything mm. shut down um, the world started to end yeah and I was just <laughs> starting to like record music and wanting to start this journey you know I was finishing college and I was like thinking about okay what's next let's record mm. let's record some songs let's see where that goes and then it couldn't go anywhere. I just like shuddered, just like fell in front of my face and that was it. But, you know, I still had an amazing experience. And I think in the end, it, the response of it was really nice. Like I, there was some great like organic growth from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even still, when I perform that song like live, a lot of people say it's their favorite. Like a lot of people really like that song still, which is great. It's still standing the test of time. But um, yeah, so yeah, that was my debut. When, when it came out and then everything sort of went to shit for pretty much everybody in the world like did you feel like knocked back a bit or like were you like oh, for fuck's sake I've now I've only I've just put so much time and effort into this you know big lift and now the world is closing down yeah so I was still in college I was in my last year in BIM uh-huh. uh, and that's kind of exactly how I felt like I was the kind of person that not only do I love to perform I love just going to gigs 
every mm. Thursday you'd see me in like Whelan's or Workman's or whatever, like at one of my friend's gigs or someone, you know, just like any sort of gig. Um, And I just love going out. Live music is just my favorite thing ever. Mm-hmm. It really inspires me. And even just being deprived of that was hard because yeah. then I, I was thinking, right, I'm going to start this journey of like, I'm going to be a pop artist. I'm going to start performing. I'm going to like come out of my shell a little bit. I'm going to start to really show people that I've been, what I've been working on and, you know, start this career, like, or try at least. And it was just, yeah, it was just, it was, it was awful, you know? Um, And I also had to do like exams and our course in BIM. Mm. I was, I was uh, doing, uh, studying vocals um, for my degree, but a lot of our exams were like performance based, obviously. And then we had to do like ensemble performances that we had to like change because they're all practical exams. Of course. So, everything like the whole like all the exams had to be changed except for like the thesis we could do but everything else had to be changed um and that threw me completely because i just i i'd say like i am academic but more practical based mm-hmm. like i'm not really huge into like i know no one likes exams but i'm not no. really an exam <laughs> person like yeah, yeah. i don't really like i just i'm way better with just like doing practical exams i've always been that way and i just i really panicked because i was like i really need this i need i was banking on those in-person exams to get like a good degree and to move forward and um but you know it all it all worked out it all works usually all works out in the end and it was fine and i think there was a little bit of um a space for like you know recognition that these students were you know having to study in lockdown and didn't get to have their graduation or final classes or you know final lectures and stuff like that so yeah no it was it was it was very difficult and um i i feel that because we were all kind of in our own little bubbles for a while everyone was very much engaged with each other like Mm. when i released envy and things like that there was a lot of support and like i was saying like organic growth a lot of people were um like texting me contacting me about it like radio shows are picking it up very nicely of them you know and there was that support there and I think um we needed art more than ever back yeah. then you know we sort of realized how much the arts are so important to us whether that's music reading film whatever you know so it made me have a newfound appreciation for what uh for what I was doing of course I always wonder you know like I'm not musically talented at all. In fact, I have very little talent. Um, <laughs> other than talking, lots of shade. Um, <laughs> but I always wonder, like, is there, especially with like the first, say, album, EP, or single, is there a nervousness on the part of you know the artist yourself, um, the performer yourself, to like open yourself up to the world and show something that you know you've molded and you've went over and over and over so many times. Oh yeah, like even like it's down to like getting the artwork for the song and sharing it with like all my friends being like is this okay does my face look okay all this stuff <laughs> like you want like and my friends be like well you look a bit scary in this picture maybe pick that one and like and like just not really helping because that's like kicking the ball down the road even yeah. more do you know and that's kind of what i do i kind of overthink a lot of things and i'm a perfectionist so like there's that side of it was just it was hard for me to just let go and literally just release the song mm. and let it be what it was um so yeah, like it, it's it, it is really nerve wracking because like I, I I I treat it so like I'm so passionate and I treat it, it is very personal to me. You know, some people like try and tell you like, it's at the end of the day, it's just a song. It's not that deep. But for me, like it's not even just the song. It's the whole process of me recording it, writing it, spending all this time with it and having like sort of trying to be a storyteller and trying to convey that to people the right way. And um, you're just hoping that you get the response. Like I'm not saying 
I was hoping for a million streams like, yeah, yeah. within a couple of months. I wasn't even expecting like numbers wise. Of course. But you have this sort of like panic of like, okay, what's going to happen? How are people going to react to this? And of course, at the end of the day, not everyone's going to, you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Mm. Uh, definitely. I'm sure there are people there that listen to it and go, that's shite. Like they, they're not into it at all. But, oh, no. Um, <laughs> you know, well, they're probably, well, you know, it's like it's subjective it's as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you're going to have to just, um, play at your strengths and try and connect with the people that um would listen to it and are going to get get behind you and support it and i think like i was saying with ireland i think people are you know typically very supportive of each other you mm. know a smaller country smaller music kind of infrastructure um and so i felt a little bit ne- less nervous releasing in ireland and kind of being within a music bubble already i was like well i already have like a network from BIM thankfully um, of people that I could send to that um, would engage with it and be able to give me some nice feedback and stuff like that um, but yeah it was very difficult at the beginning just like just letting go of it and just saying here it is there's my face on this picture followed by this song please listen to it cheers thanks very much <laughs> that, that's really all you can do yeah I read that it was especially you know Envy was perhaps about a breakup or, or how you were feeling at the time is putting your so much of yourself into your music and uh, and that song and your other songs is that just is it an outlet or is it a way just to challenge your thoughts or is it therapeutic yeah i definitely find it's therapeutic um i know with like a lot of songwriters they find a heart like they actually find it you know writing as like a way for them to like release their emotions and things like that like I feel like I I have to sit with stuff if like there's something going on I have to sit with it I can't really write but they some some people say that like when you're not physically writing but you're out living your life you're experiencing stuff you are writing in a sense because you're kind of you're experiencing things right you're not like sitting down writing whatever but you're experiencing life and you're experiencing emotions and life you know life goes on and you know time passing and stuff like that and then there will then come a time for you to go right there's a song here now you know so the timing with me is kind of funny because um I don't really write when I'm sad or if I'm feeling a certain way about something I'll kind of sit with it in my own way and kind of think it through and then maybe when I'm in a more clearer headspace I'll kind of look back on it more like nostalgically and be like Uh okay now I know exactly how I felt then yeah, and then I can kind of go into that um kind of time capsule and sort of um yeah sort of like map it out that way, and then it kind of becomes the song rather than like this is how I feel right now, and kind of going on the kind of rampage. Um, I kind of have to look back on it. Fair play. I see as well. Easy for me. Loved as well. Thank um, you. you got into Weiberger. <laughs> the, the start of the, the. I know. I know. <laughs> Trying to get them to endorse me. You were like, okay, yeah, give, me, give me money, back me, guys, come on. <laughs> um, I, I remember I used to work on Camden Street, um, so Weiberger was somewhere where I frequented um, quite often. Where Weiberger. did it come from? Where did this Where did this tune come from? Uh, the song, yeah. Hmm. Uh, that came from um, this sort of like a couple of, it, it was really uh, like an accumulation of a few situations I've been in with someone Mm -hmm. um where like um it's sort of 
there's a push and pull kind of thing going on you're not really in a relationship with them but you kind of find yourself going back to them when you're kind of lonely or feeling like you just need someone with you we've all been Um, there (laughs) yeah especially during the lockdown i was feeling a little lonely you know you're kind of like texting people being like hey what are you up to like (laughs) you know uh you know same old just like looking at my bedroom wall like you know um so yeah it's just that it's 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 meant to be sort of a tongue-in-cheek approach towards that kind of feeling of going Mm -hmm. back to the same person where you know it's not really gonna last there's no real substance to it but you're sort of gravitating towards them when you're feeling a bit lonely or you're feeling like you just need to be with someone um so yeah and it kind of yeah that that song i wrote that dur- during the lockdown i kind of came up with that hook like don't make it easy for me and i kind of had it on the piano and i was sort of it was kind of slow at the beginning i wasn't really sure what was going to go where it was going to go like in terms of tempo or feel or anything like that but that song was uh that was that was a <laughs> i think it was needed during that time because it was uh we're kind of all feeling a bit down in the jumps with um with the lockdown i think we're going into our second lockdown i believe at that point so everyone was just <laughs> in you know dawn at that point and it was i was a nice distraction writing that song and that's where i found um uh, my producer jeff we met uh well kind of through zoom just through a mm. uh, recommendation and we worked on it completely uh like separately like over zoom recorded i recorded it from home the vocals from home sent the vocals over and we worked on it for a good few months we spent a long time on it mm-hmm. i think it's because we enjoyed it so much so we're just like hey like what else can we do like yeah. just sort of like really experimented with it um and yeah then we finally between lockdowns we were able to record the music video or shoot the music video which was amazing i had so much fun doing the music video for that um and yeah so that was between between lockdowns i think it took us over like four months in the end to get to get it completed um but yeah it was it was a great as i was saying like great distraction from chaos (laughs) i think you know to be honest that I think music videos are such a lost art at the moment. I think that people don't appreciate them as because they tell a story. Like the song tells its, its own story. But when you put a music video with it, it tells, I think, so much more. Would you be the same in that you put you like to put a lot of time into the music video to show sort of meaning and give sort of a visual um, to the words themselves? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like even when I'm writing songs, like I'll just a sort of um, as exercise when I'm writing songs, I like to think about, okay, right what's the story about and I'm a very visual person like I love mm-hmm. art I used to love painting when I was in school I love photography I, I, I just love like visual things as well so I love like I love music videos I've always been obsessed with music videos when I was a kid and everything um used to love watching like the top 40 on MTV like girls yeah. allowed the Saturdays like I was obsessed but um yeah so I think with um with songwriting i always visualize okay if this was a music video what would be happening in the video mm. um and then with easy for me when i was writing that song i was like okay what would be happening if this song was in a music video what what would be going on and i was like well it maybe be like a couple in like a, a like an apartment or something kind of not speaking to each other and they're sort of it's not really working um and then but then the sort of dance beats come in that kind of goes a bit chaotic. Now they're in like a disco or they're doing this. And then you start to like kind of have these ideas and it kind of helps me write songs too as well, thinking about the visual aspect of it. And then when we brought, I really felt like it gave the song a new kind of dimension with the music mm. video because it like it was meant to be a tongue in cheek kind of song anyway. Um, poppy, fun, bouncy, you know, that kind of vibe. And um, I think that definitely gave it like an extra layer. I think it needed a music video 
Um, and I feel like, yeah, sometimes people don't really go to the music videos because they just think, you know, we, we're so saturated with content. Like, yeah. oh, it's just another music video. But I think sometimes people don't realize how much work and how much thought goes into music videos. Yeah. So a lot of the time, like that was a, that took a lot of thought. And um, the the guys who made the video as well, Picture Mode, shout out to them. They were absolutely fantastic. Like they're so creative. They just 100% understood my vision and it was just brilliant yeah I just I don't know it's very hard now going forward to, to release a song without a music video because I just love it it's like <laughs> probably prefer it more than writing the song is like the video I just love it so much it's the actor coming out and you see the younger the younger <laughs> woman you know the younger woman in the gaiety school it's just like it's exactly <laughs> yeah my inner theater kid coming out now for play and what about you know you have a, you have a lot of play on radio stations across Ireland you know you've been tipped as one to watch for the future how does it feel to have sort of music, your music listened to and, and appreciated and, you know, people saying, like, this is actually really fucking good? Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's, it, it is surreal. It really is. Um, yeah, like, I was, I took part last year in a, in a radio competition um, and it was for Irish Music Month. So it was like covered by Hot Press and um, it was, it was just amazing. Like, people just you know on instagram even and just sending me messages and um, backing me and seeing my songs in the irish breakers charts a couple of times and stuff i just it's 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 an amazing feeling like i just sometimes i can't even wrap my head around it like um but that's what i want to do like it's just i i just want to like make music that like people enjoy obviously people people that can they can feel good uh listening to and you know just feel good pop music um that people can also relate to as well you know because i know a lot of pop music can, can kind of get the the meaning can get lost and things like mm. that um but uh, an important thing for me as a songwriter is really just to um be truthful about like my own stories and like sharing them um in my own way and um hopefully uh reaching people which um which has which has happened yeah, yeah. so far so i'm absolutely delighted yeah it's amazing well, before we go on to your, your latest single, I want to ask you about collaborating. You were on uh, Chris Short's Flint and Steel. How, how does that, like, how do you feel about the collaboration thing or featuring or, or like, how does, do you enjoy that collaborative process? Collaborative thing is funny because um, I absolutely love collaborating. I think mm. um, it's an amazing way to grow as an artist and as a creative person, like no matter what age you are, what stage of life you're in, if you're a creative work with people work with as many people doesn't matter who they are whatever like as long as you're kind of you you sort of have this sort of um good relationship with them like artistically and through music and things like that and you back them they back you I think it's like a great thing to do um and that kind of trails back to when I was in BIM as well like you're encouraged constantly like in this college there's no desks there's no sit like sometimes we're sitting in front like watching a a a slideshow or whatever but most of the time you're you're sitting in groups you're collaborating you're talking mm -hmm. you're having these conversations and you're and you're trying to find your people and who and what clicks and what doesn't um and that's something that was just sort of not sort of drilled into me in a sense like um you just don't really have a choice you just have to throw yourself into it um but um as somebody who's like naturally quite shy i found that kind of difficult to open myself up to work with different people at the beginning just being a little bit insecure in myself and what I wanted and things mm. like that but as I kind of grew 
grow up and like gain more experience um i realized just how much i loved it and how much um i valued uh, other people's opinions um other artistic input um and so now like i would say collaborating is my favorite part of the process like i just think it's so important um i know a lot of artists like work by themselves and produce themselves and do their own videos and, do that, and that's amazing to be that multi-talented awesome. but i think that um for me, I think that it's it's better to have these different artistic uh, influences and and people in your life that can that can um, excel you and um, help bring your music to the next level. Um, and exactly the thing happened with Chris. I think he felt that way himself because he was writing an EP at the time. I met him through. Um, we both did like an open mic years ago, um, oh. and we stayed in touch. And he said, uh, "You know, I love your voice. Like, I'd love. Like, I think it'd be perfect for this song. I'm. I'm." that's going to be on my ep we're doing a music video are you in like and uh yeah i love he sent me the song i said that you know i love it and yeah i just try and say yes to as much as possible if i really believe in it i'm gonna say yes you know um and even at the moment like i'm working as a songwriter and i'm writing with a few different artists as well kind of doing behind more songwriting getting more experience that way Mm -hmm. um helping different artists with their with their music and um I absolutely love it. I think it's just, it's so beneficial. And especially after COVID and everything, uh, it's just, it's, it's such a great newfound appreciation as well for like working with people and just, yeah, getting stuck in really. Yeah, getting stuck in and just working and bouncing ideas off each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, perfectly. Well, look, millisecond, it's your latest and I just love it. I'm not going to lie. It's my favorite of them all. It's a banger. I was in isolation a few weeks ago and um, feeling very sorry for myself, locked in my room. <laughs> and um, I was listening to, I think it was, I think it was iRadio had it as like their track on their track of the month or their Irish, listening to Irish tracks of the month or whatever. I was bopping about. Loving life. Oh, thank <laughs> uh, you. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's an absolute tune. Where did this track come from? So this is actually like a specific, a very specific uh, incident in my mm-hmm. life. Usually my songs are like accumulation of a few things that happen. Right. But this one is very specific. Um, so it happened. So it was about, I'd say about four years ago, I'd gone through a very traumatic breakup. Okay. I was a very sad girl crying in the club. That's, you know, <laughs> that was the stage I was at at that point. Now I can look all... back and kind of giggle. But at the time it was like, no, there was no consoling me. Like it was very, very sad. <laughs> We've all been there. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why I wrote. I was like, everyone can relate to this. They've been through yeah. this at some stage in their lives. Um, and it was, was about four years ago. And during a stage where like all my friends were having 21st birthdays. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I was drinking a lot. And you know yourself, breakups and alcohol don't go well together. No. So not the greatest uh, concoction. So I, yeah, so it was actually one specific. I was out at 21st and I was just very sad and you know left early and um was like crying and like i think i called my ex on the phone and was like i just don't understand why we're not together and la 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 um and just yeah the, the song is really literally about um not like the first verse is like i never last at birthday parties i keep knocking them back till i see your face this sort of like you're drinking and you're to remember sort of thing and it doesn't heal you know um so that whole like journey of kind of going from being in crying in the club kind of thing to getting your taxi home and like you're you're trying to like text but like your eyes are all foggy from crying and you're going home um and it's sort of this again like kind of push and pull of like 
if you called again, I'd be I'd be there in a millisecond. Like I'll I'll literally just I'll, I'll, I'll drop run all. back to you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh hint of desperation in it, I think. <laughs> uh but you know, it was that was a very specific time. Um that was kind of very like difficult time for me. Um but yeah, it's like probably the, the definition of sad girl bop because it's like, it's sad, but it's like... But it's a tune. It's, I was just fucking loving life, bopping around the bed, trying not to like stub my big toe, you know? Yeah. Brilliant so. track. I, I, I genuinely believe that it, like, it, it could be something that could be found on, you know, any massive artist's back catalogue at all. It, it uh, You know, it, it, it's such a track, you know? So fair play with it and with Thank everything you. you've done. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some quick fire questions at you now before we finish up, and you can tell everybody where you're playing next and what's happening. Um, so what we do is usually like a little quick fire round to really get to know the the essential information about the artist and the person that we're interviewing. So uh, the first question is: If you were a drink, alcohol or otherwise, what would you be? Now, Sean, who is unfortunately not here today, would say that I'm like a pint of Guinness. I'm an acquired taste, and people pretend to like me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Take from that what you will. <laughs> okay. Um, um, I would probably be um, probably be a whiskey ginger ale. That's okay. that's my favorite drink. But if I was it, to be any great. kind of drink, whiskey ginger ale. Yeah. Because some people might think it's a little bland at the beginning, mm. but once you kind of get to know the drink a little <laughs> more, you realize there's a bit of like bitterness. It's a little bit like. A little bit cheeky, you know, uh, a little bit of a, an aftertaste there. That kind of, that stays, you know, yeah, um, that kind of stings a little bit, but in a good way. It's like kind of warm kind of sting you get from drinking whiskey. So, yeah, I think uh, I'd probably be a whiskey ginger ale. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Very good. And I'm quite a fan of whiskey ginger ale myself. So, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, if you had a superpower, what would it be? And what would you do that? Um, I probably, I'd love to talk to animals. Just okay. love, love that. Like I'm obsessed, even in Encanto, like he's able to like communicate with animals. I'd love that. I just love to know. I'd love to like be able to ask my cat, like, how much do you know about this family? Because you're, <laughs> you're just always watching us. I'm like, what do you know? What you don't know? Like, I'm just so intrigued by like animals and like, how much do they know? Like, yeah. How much, what do they see and how do they see it? You know? Did you uh, ever, yeah. as a child, watch that show, The Thornberries? No. Um, I I think I might have. Yeah, I might she, have watched, watched she could it, talk yeah. to animals, and I was like, "This is yeah. cool." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that. It'd be so cool. Uh, next question: If you were a crisp sandwich, or you to you were to make a crisp sandwich, maybe maybe you don't like crisp sandwiches, but what would be the bread? What would be butter? What would be the flavor? What would be the brand? Okay. Um. So, I like a bit of half and half bread okay. you know bit of brown bit of white yeah um i would go with that i think it's a johnson mooney and o'brien half and half um i just go with you i think it's a like kerrygold butter you know i'm Very not too good. picky about butters but i think that's the usual one that i uh-huh. get uh-huh. um and i think i'd go classic you know i think i'd just go with like a good cheese and onion tato or a, yeah maybe hunky dories probably probably tato though i'm gonna go tato because that's Love. like yeah. The, classic. the, the yeah. classics always win, yeah. you know. Yeah, I'm a simple woman. <laughs> if you were to go on a date with anybody, living or dead, who would it be? Where would you go? Now, it doesn't have to be a romantic date. It can just be like a dinner date to like catch up, or it could be a romantic date. Um, I'd probably go on a date with Jude Law if he was a bit younger. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so I know he's like 50 now, but I'd probably go. Yeah, I'd probably go on a nice, a nice 
autumn walk around London Ooh. with a coffee or something like that, you know, a bit of Jude Law, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Who, would say no? Who would say no? Who would say no? And finally, um, look, I have a magic ball in front of me here, okay? I can transport you to any venue in the world and you can play with any band or you can play with your own or you can support somebody bigger or they could be supporting you. Where would that venue be? What would it be? Um, The venue would probably be... Uh, Honestly, probably the the Olympia in Dublin. Mm. I'd absolutely adore to play uh the Olympia. Um, oh, I'd love to support like an artist like maybe Sia or like yeah, Shout. Sia would be cool. Or, yeah, I think yeah in the in the three Olympia. I just love like how kind of closed in it is. Like it's mm. big, but it doesn't feel super big. It's intimate. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. Probably something like that. Like a nice pop, nice pop gig. Uh. And the three arena with like a live band that would be that'd be amazing. Deadly, deadly. Well, well, look, someday, someday, hopefully, I'm in the front yeah. row cheering you on with little flags. You know what I mean? Yeah, you never know. You <laughs> never know. That'd be amazing. <laughs> well, look, I, I know you have played in the likes of uh, Workman's and loads of different places. Is there any gigs coming up that you would like to tell anybody listening where they can go, where they can find the tickets for that, um, and where they can find your music, your socials, all the usuals. Yeah, um, I don't have any gigs coming up at this side of uh 2022, mm-hmm. but I am working on new music, so expect oh, nice. you know new music for the new year. Um, but you can find me on Instagram sj talbot. I'm also on Spotify sj talbot, uh, etc. You know, I um, what's it called Apple Music, iTunes, mm-hmm. and everything, YouTube, and yeah, and then my TikTok is songs by sj. If you're into TikTok as well, if you're TikTok inclined. Best. I try, I try, I try my best. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, S.A. Talbot, thank you very, very much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great.